Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin here with Steve Prudian. And today we are doing our part two on our spiritual weightlifting from Mark 11:24. And uh, if you didn't catch the part one, I would suggest you go back and listen to that. But if you don't want to do that right now, I'll give a quick recap. We were in Mark 11, chapter or verse 24. And that is, so I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, last week we did dig pretty deep into that verse, but the uh, the basic the basic point of our conversation last week, and you can correct me or add as you would, Steve, but uh, the basic the basic principle that we came up with last week after quite a bit of discussion was that in order for this to be true, we have to be asking in God's will or else it doesn't matter how much you believe. I can, I can believe that God wants me to uh, win the lottery, but if that's not actually God's will for me, it's not going to happen. Now, if I'm, if I believe that God's going to heal me, and that is in God's will, then that will happen. Is that about it? Does that sum it up well enough? It kind of sums it up well enough, but I have to remind you of a gambling story, another form of lottery in the (laughs) Bible. Yes. And some people consider this basically a fishing story. Okay. And it's the story about Jonah. Yes. The fact is, 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 is that um, in Jonah's case, he was running from God. Yes, he was. Even though he was a prophet of God. It uh-huh. happens. It even happens today. People do run from their callings. Right. Yep. But um, they had a little gambling on this ship because they couldn't figure out why the gods. Yep. Because these people were not Christians or even Hebrews. Mm-hmm. They were on this boat. So they were trying to appease whatever God that was angry with them. Yes, they were. And when they couldn't figure out whose fault it was, they gambled. They drew lots. They drew lots. Yep. And when Jonah, the prophet of God, came up with the short straw, the question was, what was the question they asked Jonah? Oh, I don't remember off of the top of my head. What did you do to offend your yep. God? What did you do? Yep. And, and what, are, what are you going to do to appease your God to save us from this storm? And what was the answer? Throw me overboard. you got to throw me overboard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the flip side of that story, even though Jonah was going in the opposite direction mm-hmm. from Nineveh. Yep. God made sure that he had uh, a chauffeur fish waiting. Yes, he did. And dropped him right at the shores. Yep. So uh, are you kind of saying that uh, we need to throw ourselves overboard? No, I'm saying okay. I'm saying if God has a will for you, okay, come easy or come hard, you will come. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So 
we have been talking about prayer for the last couple of weeks, and that is not changing today. Not changing because we haven't exhausted it. We have not. I don't know if we're going to exhaust it even when we're done talking about it or if we're just going to be done talking about it for a while. But that day is not this day. This day, we left everybody with the idea of uh, the things and the belief. And we left one out that we'll get to at some point here, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. But let's talk about the things. I thought we talked about things last week. Let's recap the things. Okay, go ahead. All right. What are you praying for? What are the things that you're praying for? Because sometimes we are praying for health. Sometimes we're praying for money. Sometimes we're praying for circumstances and situations. A lot of the times we're praying for other people. I know quite a few people around here that have been praying for rain for the last two months. How are those things to pray for? As things to pray for, how are those? God says that you can pray for every need yep. that you have and that God would supply you mm -hmm. of that need. Yes. Absolutely. You notice I didn't make that plural. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it comes back to what is God's will for right here, right now. Yep. If you looked at your note on thing. Yep. It isn't about the thing. It's not about the thing. Who is it about? Two, if you want to call them things. One doesn't want to be called a thing. <laughs> Neither things want to be called a thing. Well, it's about your relationship. Exactly. It's about your relationship. A couple of weeks ago, um, I don't know. I don't think it was you and I. I think I was talking to somebody else about uh, the wedding where Jesus performs his first miracle to kick off his ministry. And uh, in that, his mom nudges him and says, hey, they're out of wine. And, of course, he, he bites back a little bit. Um, but he does fulfill the request in his own way. Um, but the reason she was able to ask was because of that relationship. Now, of course, it was his mother that asked, but... She had a relationship with Jesus, and so she knew that she could ask. But I think she also knew that if it wasn't right, he wouldn't do it. I think she understood that as well. Had he not turned the water into wine, I don't think she'd have been upset with him. But yes, the ultimate, the, the number one thing is that relationship. And whose authority was the Son of God under, even at that wedding? Under the Father's. Under the Father's. Right. So, if the Father doesn't okay it, mm -hmm. if you're an obedient son, what do you do? You say, okay, Dad. You do what Dad says. You do what Dad says. Yep. That's exactly right. 
Did you know, and we've talked about this, that, that uh, praying is very hard for a lot of people. It is. Prayer for a lot of people is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. That's why I entitled this spiritual weightlifting. It's a workout. It's a workout. What are you really lifting? Well, we should be lifting up God's will. Good. But we end up lifting our own most of the time. Okay. If I called it spiritual weightlifting, what kind of connotation comes to mind when I use the word spiritual? Yeah, it's definitely maybe exercising a muscle we don't very often, especially as men. I'm gonna, and I'm going to throw that out there so the guys that are listening, uh, you can be mad at me or not, but a lot of the time for us, the spiritual things are not as easy as they are for our female counterparts. They're more in tune to spiritual and emotional things than we are as men. That's just kind of how our culture has raised us. So if your wife is a is better at prayer than you are, and I, I'm doing air quotes for better, okay? Um, if it comes easier, more easy to her, it's because she's more in tune with those things. She spent a little bit more time in that spiritual weight room, which we've got to get there. And we've got to start We've got to start bench pressing some prayers and build up that muscle. Spiritual connotates God. Yes. Because the word of God says, how are we supposed to worship him? Spirit and truth. Yep. Should your prayer be truthful then? It should be. It should be. It should be honest about what you want. When Jesus would pray to his father, mm -hmm. where was the benefit? The benefit was for Jesus. Okay. Who got glorified? God. That's right. Okay. Spiritual weightlifting, the reason it's so heavy, because it's so contrary to who we are as human beings. Right. And sometimes we pray, we pray with meaning, but we pray, as James says, we pray amiss. Mm -hmm. We miss the target. Very much so. And the, and the reason for that is, is that we want what we want when we want it. Right. And if you're going to be spiritual about it, who is the final authority on the answer to that prayer? Well, God does. God does. And what does God look for in order for a reason to answer it? He looks for that belief, he that look, faith. He looks for that, but mainly he looks for the affirmation mm -hmm. and the glory that comes from it because he's able to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Right. 
Absolutely. So if you look at the picture of you not being able to do what you're requesting God for, what does that picture look like? If you had to give it a word. So a picture of God being able to do for me what I can't do for myself? Yes. I think that's a picture of trust, a picture of faith, a picture of surrender. You hit, you hit on the word, but not exactly the word that I was thinking about. Okay. Surrender is very close to the word submission. Yes. Okay, because the fact yep. is, is we have to submit our prayers unto the Lord. Yes. So he can hear them. Mm-hmm. Who has the authority in the prayer? God does. God does. Yep. But but when do we get upset? When we want it. <laughs> when we don't when we don't hear from God at the moment that we're asking. Right. You know, there's a few examples in the Bible of people that were um in pretty good um standing with God. Right. And they prayed, but um they didn't get their prayers answered right away either. Right. But God did give the reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking specifically of Daniel. Right. Because God said, the angel said, he says, we heard you the minute you started, knew what you wanted. Yep. But And I was on my way. But I got hindered. Yes. Because someone else didn't want that prayer answered for you. Yes. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on. So it is spiritual weightlifting, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Would you like to read that statement after the thing? It says, it is not. Is it not a blessing enough to see God's heart and have his ear? He did make you for his pleasure. Do you give him your heart with its desires and will? Do you tell him you love him and appreciate that he loves you? Tell me what kind of a relationship that is. Well, if you can't answer yes, it's really a pretty one-sided relationship. And your, your God is a spiritual vending machine. Ever date a girl? And the reason she dated you was because she thought she was going to get something from you. I call her the gimme. Mm -hmm. The gimme girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that she's with you was are willing to give her time to you mm -hmm. is not for your sake. Right. It's for her gain, for right. her sake. But do we treat God like the gimme God? Oh, absolutely. And how do you think he feels about that? Oh, I'm sure he doesn't like it. You know, my grandmother told me something. Sorry to bring my grandmother into it. <laughs> it's always interesting when grandma comes up. <laughs> I said to my grandmother when I was about 14 years old, when she saw I was looking at some girls. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it happened then. <laughs> but then 
my grandmother said to me, she says, I saw you wa watching across the street. She says, I saw you watching the girls. She says, you got an interest. Mm -hmm. And I says, well, you know, I said, I'm looking over there. Yep. <laughs> she says, well, she says, then we're going to have to have a talk. I says, well, what's the talk? She says, you know, she says, there's two different types of girls, only two. Okay. I thought there was more than just two different types of girls. A brunettes. Blondes, redheads, black, <laughs> dirty blondes. <laughs> yep. And my grandmother says, well, she, yep. says, she says there's two categories of girls. She says one you want and one you don't want. Right. I says, well, what are those categories? She says there's the givers. There's the ones that you want. She says there's the takers. She's the ones you don't want. She says that's the first test. She says the second test is, so she says, there's the stayers, and then there's the jumpers. Mm -hmm. She says, and you don't want a jumper. Nope. Nope. And so I says, and the reason for that is, is she says, one's a good investment. The other one is not so good an investment. Right. And being an Armenian boy, I knew all about how to spend the money. <laughs> Only on the good investment. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a gentleman today who's getting married Saturday. Oh, very cool. And so I said to him, I says, I don't know how to ask you this question in the light of our culture today. I said, are you marrying a real woman? That's a hard question to ask. I says, he says, yeah, he says, I think she's a real woman. Mm -hmm. I says, well, you have to beg my wanting to bite my tongue because in today you have no idea. What's marrying what? Who's marrying whom? Oh, who's marrying whom? I says, well, I says, have you realized something? And he says, what's that? I says, that you're marrying a woman. He says, yeah, I know that. I says, but do you know what that means? He says, well, I, I know her pretty well. We've been together for a while. I says, but no, you weren't, haven't been married for a while. Right. I says, so do you know what that means? And he says, well, he says, I, I guess I'm going to learn. I says, well, I says, I hope that you will recognize that a woman will always be a woman. And you need to let this girl know that you don't understand who a woman is. And there's going to have to be a little bit of tolerance there while you're learning. Yep. Because you know what? You don't know. Until you ride that horse. Right. And when you ride that horse, you find out that some horses are easy to ride and some horses just don't like you on their backs. Yeah, there's a definite difference between um, jumping on a trail horse, especially a follow horse, when at, it, a, at well, a ranch or something where mm -hmm. the horse is used to a non-rider. Mm-hmm as opposed to breaking a fresh Mustang. Mm -hmm. There's there's a big difference. They're both horses, mm -hmm. but uh, there is a big difference. And, you know, you said you said in that in that story about, uh, you know, the the new wife, the young wife being tolerant with her new husband while he learns to understand her and he learns to communicate better with her. And I think and I think that really hits on a truth here because God is tolerant with us what, screwing up our prayers. And what did God say as advice to the men and to the women that are going into a marriage contract? 
Husbands do what? Submit. Or no. Husbands um, love. Husbands love, women submit. But there's a little part of the verse in there, okay? Uh Uh-huh. You need to live with understanding. Yes. Sometimes we forget about that understanding. You're absolutely right. Sometimes we do. And that comes back to the idea that, you know, as husbands, you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loves his church, which means unto death. And women submit to your husbands as the church submits to Jesus, which is to raise up and build up. And so there is, you know, kind of this co-lifting thing that's going on. And with that, in our prayers... When you start weightlifting, you got to start somewhere. And as a teenager, young teenager, starting weightlifting, I started bench press with the bar and I think maybe an extra 10 pounds on it just so it wasn't just the bar. You know, no teenage boy wants to start with just the bar. But eventually, over time, you build up that muscle. And I really like the bench press uh, for this example, for this analogy, because it starts really close to you, because what we want to do is hold things close, and the work is pushing it away from us. And that's really what we need to do. We need to take our cares and the things that we think we need to take care of and really push them to God and give them to God. Jesus says he wants to share burden with us. So... um, When you start weightlifting, if you try to start with 200 pounds on the bar, you will fail. Just guaranteed, you will fail. But if you start small, start with just the bar, maybe a couple extra pounds, you will succeed at that. Now, the struggle... And I know, I know two ty- you, you talked about two types of women. I know two types of guys. There's the guys that are okay doing the bare minimum. And then there's the guys who enough is never enough. So when it comes to the spiritual weightlifting, we've got to be that second guy. In most of life, we want to be somewhere in the middle. When it comes to prayer and spiritual weightlifting, we really do want to be that enough is never enough kind of person because Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. So if you start with just the bar, that is great. Don't stay there. So start with start with the prayer that Jesus gives us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory, forever and ever. Amen. That is a wonderful, beautiful, and powerful place to start. Don't stay there. You can come back to it as needed. And I have, over the years, come back to that as I've needed to and as I've felt called to do so. But then we branch out. 
we reach a little bit further. God, I know I'm praying for your will to be done, but I'm really hoping that your will has has maybe a pay increase or I've been battling with a thorn in my side. You know, I've got an injury, I've got an ailment, I've got anxiety, I've got depression. God, I know that I I want your will to be done for my life, but I'm really hoping that your will is that I'm going to be healed of this thing, that I'm going to get a pay increase, that, you know, my my truck is broken, and I'm really hoping, God, that it's a $200 fix and not a $2,000 fix. And you start branching out, always remembering that it's God's will, that it's his will that you're in. Otherwise, you might pull that spiritual muscle. There's the safe lifting. You got to have... I like, I've spent some time in the weight room. The one thing you don't do is bench press without a spotter. Use the Holy Spirit. He's spotting for you. And he's going to remind you to stay in God's will. And he's going to remind you that God's will is good for you. And that it's a great and positive place to be, even if it's a place of hardship. Being in God's will is still being in God's will. My wife has a way of drawing me back to level. I believe it. Some people get going on a project or a mission, mm-hmm. and they don't see anything else around them yep. other than that project or that mission. They get okay. tunnel vision on it. Oh, absolutely. I get like this often. It's just who I am, okay, uh, to the point where if I have something that I need to do, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking, I'm just doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My wife has a very interesting way of addressing kind of some people calling putting pouring cold water on the heat. <laughs> okay. My wife will see how busy I am and I get a little squirrely when I get busy sometimes. Okay. She thinks it's squirrely. I'm just multitasking. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yep. And she'll say to me, you know, you know, I know I'm in trouble when she lowers her voice and I have to really listen hard. I can see her lips moving. <laughs> and I'll say, are you talking to me? <laughs> and she says, oh, you, you saw my lips move. Mm-hmm. And I says, yeah. I said, but I didn't hear what you were saying. She says, what I was saying is she says, did you pray for me today? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I got this mission. I got this project. I says, I got this thing half done. Yep. And, and you're asking? She said, I just asking. She says, then she, this is the water. She says, you know, she says, I prayed for you today that you could get that done and that you would be safe and that you had everything that you needed. I, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So Yes, dear, I will pray for you right now. Yep. But the reality is, is sometimes we get so busy 
not only do we not pray for the people that are close in our lives, sometimes we even don't even involve God in whatever thing we're trying to accomplish. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. is there is there anything too small for God? No. Is there anything too big for God? Nope. So, if you want to get in trouble, do it yourself. Yep. <laughs> do it uh, yourself. Yep. I'm yep, going to ask you this question here. Okay, ask me the question. Okay, it's, it's the next line, and you'll have to... I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say, hello? <laughs> Are you listening? Are you clear? Are, are are you specific? Right. Hello. Are you clear? Are you specific? And what else? Or are you wasting time with no definitive purpose? Do you ever have a prayer like that that has zero direction? Yes. Zero purpose? I'm I'm going to disagree with not having purpose. And I'll tell you why. And I'm going to tell you where people have prayers without purpose. Okay. That's fine. I think that uh, if we are undefined mm -hmm. in our prayer, I know that the Spirit prays for us. Mm -hmm. And so I know that what I actually need is being prayed for, even if I don't fully understand it. I don't think that is wasted because regardless of whether or not I'm being clear and specific, I am still going to God. I am still, you know, I was given an illustration one time, and I really, really love it, about prayer. And when we pray, it's like a young child coming to sit in his father's lap and either tell him about his day or ask for what he needs. You know, I've got four kids. I've had a kid come up, crawl into my lap, give me a big old hug, maybe a smooch on the cheek, and say, Daddy, I love you. And I go, I love you too. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it still warms your heart to have your child do that. And so... You know, if my child, you know, my kid might be asking me for a piece of candy or another snack or a treat or can I go to a friend's house or can I do this? Or maybe they want to just tell me about their day or maybe they just want to sit on my lap for a while. I don't think that's ever wasted. And and I think one of the things that we forget, um, especially when we look at prayer as a have-to thing as opposed to a get-to thing, I think we miss out on the idea of prayer being just spending that time with God. It might not be well-defined, but it's for us. We get something out of prayer because I get to lay my heart out to God 
And one of the things that I can tend to struggle with is feeling like I'm not heard. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that you feel like you're talking at a wall 85, 90% of the day, you know, regardless, you know, depending on what you do for work and life and family and all that kind of stuff. You know, I tell my kids 400,000 times to clean their room and they're still a mess. We deal with those feelings of being unheard, but you never, ever go unheard with the Father. He always hears us. When we go to crawl into his lap and give him a big old hug, whether it's just to tell him about his day, whether it's to ask for a treat or something special, or if we're hurt and we're crying or whatever, he always hears us. He's always there for us. So I'm going to say, I don't think prayer is ever wasted. So if you really don't know what to pray for, I still say go pray and just spend that time with the Father. Now I'm going to give you the counterpoint. No, I'm going to give I'm going to give you a statement from the word. Yes. And then I'm going to give you a picture of what that statement looks like. Okay. Man looks upon the outward appearance. Correct. But God looks upon the heart. Yes. I have known people and I don't fault them because they don't know any better. This is the level or the training of their faith. Right. That they pray to God, but they don't pray their own prayers to God. They use a book of prayers. Yeah. Because their faith tells them that you don't know what to pray for, so you follow this routine. This is the prayer for today. Yeah, and I would and I would go back to the weightlifting analogy. They're bench pressing the bar. Right. They they're satisfied with that. Yep. But that part about God looks upon the heart. Mm-hmm. If we take when the word says that God looks upon the heart, what is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. That's really the spirit that lives within you. And how well we connect with it. And how well we connect with it. Right. The thing is, is, is that going back to the fact that we worship God in spirit and in truth, truth. In, in heart mm-hmm. and in truth so the thing is, is is that oftentimes if in fact we pray about ourselves for ourselves are we really praying something that is going to glorify and honor God what is the, where is the direction of the prayer going and who is the recipient well I do see what you're saying and I don't necessarily disagree with you because we do get self focused and that's probably a prayer that's not going to get answered a long time ago not all Christians, young ones, old ones, doesn't matter, 
mm -hmm. what your age is, okay? Because you can have what's called a spiritual age. Right. One time I did not know this. I had to be informed of the Holy Spirit praying for us. Right. The things that we can't even fathom to put our thoughts around, and we can't even give it words. Right. I was told one time when I was in a physical dilemma. Have you prayed for that? I don't know how. Well, that's okay. What do you mean it's okay? I don't know how. The answer is, have you asked the Holy Spirit to help you pray for the know-how? Right. No, I didn't do that. Can you do that? Sure, you can do that. And the answer is, yeah, you know, that is, you know, when you go to Jesus or when you go to God, you're not necessarily physically marching in before his throne. He says the way you get in there is you get in there accompanied by the Holy Spirit. Right. So he said the frustration you're having is he said is that you're praying only on this plane, on the plane right. of earth. He says you're praying your prayers on this plane. Yep. And he says and you're frustrated because this plane cannot answer your prayers. Right. You have to go to that plane higher up yep okay but what's going to get you there is going to be you surrendering your will to god's will and the holy spirit interceding actually the holy spirit endorsing you and, and jesus christ interceding for you right jesus i didn't know there was all that much to prayer and ignorance oftentimes frustrate people because they they're praying but they don't know how to pray. Right. It isn't that they're not trying to pray, but they're really ignorant about the ways of prayer. Yep. That does that does happen. And for my part, we all start everything at level zero. Mm -hmm. And we all start our spiritual life not knowing how to pray. And we all have to learn. And we all have to start somewhere. And we're all going to stumble. And we're all going to make mistakes. We're going to, like you talked about earlier, forget to pray because we're so busy. Or we are going to be quite frankly, conceited and self-centered in our prayer and mess it up that way. But I do know that God looks at our heart and our heart direction is what's really important. And if I want to honor God with my prayer, even if the words I say are completely and totally wrong, God will still hear that prayer and it will still glorify him because my heart is pointed at him. If my heart's pointed at me, it's not going to glorify God. Now, 
is there still that aspect, that part of it where you are spending the time with God? Yeah. So I don't think it's worthless. It's just probably not going to amount to much more than you've spent that time with God, which is relationship building. It's totally okay to do that from time to time. I know that my kids come up to me and they want nothing more than just to tell me all about their day. There's not a whole lot that I can do for them. I can tell them, well, it sounds like a good day or sounds like a tough moment, or I can respond in that way, but it's just a different, it's just a different level of communication. You know, I did a study a number of years ago um, going through the Bible, and it's called The Story. I've, and, done, I've done that one, too. Yep. And it's got my story and his story. Mm-hmm. And we've got the earthly perspective, and we've got the heavenly per- perspective, the throne room perspective. And I think the point that you're really trying to make, or that I'm getting out of it, is that when we pray, we want to try and reach for that throne room perspective and not just stay with our earthly perspective. Don't just lift the bar. Let's work up to something bigger. And God says, I have a plan yep. for you. Yep, he sure does. But then, you know, he's kind of he's kind of like a father who lets his kids tried to ride a bicycle on his own um, after the training wheels have been taken off. Oh, absolutely. And the kid feels that he can ride a bike now. Yep. And he gets on, and what happens? He falls down. It isn't as stable right? as it was before. So then God says, you can make all the plans you want, but I'm the daddy, mm-hmm. and I determine the outcome. Right. So who's holding the bike up? God is. God is holding the bike up. Yep. God is holding us up even when we are clumsy with our prayer. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's jump to believe. Okay. Pretty important, huh? Incredibly important. What did you I, I think I think we've segued right into it because yeah. the believe is really where we're reaching for that upper story for God's story perspective. Do you remember the question the disciples asked Jesus in the response that Jesus gave back about why he couldn't perform many miracles in his own hometown? Because the prophet's not respected in their hometown? He says because he says they failed to believe. Right. They looked at me as the kid of the carpenter. Yep. And they wouldn't see the fact that I was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So they failed yep. to believe. He says, because he says because of their unbelief, I could only do a few things. Right. But there was also the man that said, I do believe, but mm-hmm. forgive my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And for him, his prayer was answered. Why do you think his prayer was answered? Because he recognized that he was imperfect and he just put his faith in Jesus. He knew the authority was there. Yep. And he knew that 
the fact is is he had no confidence in himself right I think sometimes when we try to do things ourselves in place of prayer mm -hmm. we have too much confidence in who we are right and subsequently the road we made our own road harder for ourselves right than if we just went to God and said can you help me with this yep I fumbled around with some things that have been broken for days and it's because I was trying to muscle it with my own mind mm-hmm it happened yesterday in fact and so my wife was trying to put the refrigerator back together. Okay. She took everything out of the refrigerator to clean it. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't paying attention where it came out of, how the pieces went back together. Oops. So I come home, and the pieces are sitting there all over the place in the kitchen. <laughs> and I says, uh, what are you doing? She said, well, it's the first time I cleaned this refrigerator. She said, I couldn't stand it anymore, so I'm cleaning the refrigerator. I says, okay. I said, glad you're doing that. Five minutes later, she says, can you come help me? Help you with what? She says, I don't know where these things go. I says, we aren't paying attention. He didn't mark them where they go. He didn't make a diagram. <laughs> she says, no. She says, I figured, she says, if they came out, they go back in the same way they came out. I said, then you should have known where they came out of. Mm -hmm. She says, don't tell me that now. Yeah, that's... She says, I'm, get in trouble. she says, I called you because I wanted you to put the stuff back together. Yep. I says, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't take anything out. She says, but you know how to put things back together. So I fuddled around for about 15 minutes, this way, that way. You know, I got some things in, but then I realized that if you put another thing in, then you couldn't close the door. Tolerances weren't there. Right. So... I walked away for a little bit. I was, you know, walked away for a little bit. Yep. Didn't want to see this. I, I wanted to walk away from it. Yep. I walked away. And so I came back, and I tried something. And it worked. And my wife said to me, she says, oh, she says, that looks like that was simple. She says, what made you think of that? I said, were you praying five minutes ago? <laughs> she says, yeah. I says, that's what did it. I says, because yep. I was looking at the same pot at the same door that you were looking at. And I says, and I couldn't see it. And I says, and something inside me says, you got it upside down. <laughs> I says, well, I says, it's worth a try. So I went and there it is. She says, well, she says, God answers prayer. I says, couldn't you have started this when you took the stuff out of the refrigerator? Well, she was in that tunnel vision that you oh, had been in right, before. Exactly. We, we've talked about. <laughs> you know, but that's a great example of there is nothing too small. Mm -mm. There is nothing too small to bring to petition to God in prayer. Mm -hmm. Putting the shelf back in the refrigerator. Actually, when I walked away, I actually felt really pretty humiliated. <laughs> Because this has got to be simple. Somebody designed it, and it all went together before. Right. So it must go back together again pretty much the same way as it was designed. I went and I even pulled the book out for the refrigerator. Yep. And it talked about what it has in it, but it didn't say, if you take them out, this is the order that they go back in. There was no order in the book. Nope. <laughs> nope. And there's, 
And there's some guy on an assembly line somewhere who puts together a couple hundred of those a day. No problem. No problems whatsoever. <laughs> so, oh, I've, I've been in that boat. So I've my wife says boat. to me, yeah. she said after that, she says, what made you think about reversing that? I says, mathematics. She says, what do you mean mathematics? I says, an engineer had to engineer this and he had to do measurements mm -hmm. and I says and those measurements had to be precise enough for whatever the attachment is that it would fit so everything else would work in place with it okay but it was really God it was really God but I tried to figure what the engineer did <laughs> you know but your mathematics brings up a good point because why do we believe because it adds up because it adds up but math is math you know, there in your refrigerator, there's a finite space. Everything has to go together the same way because that's the way it was designed to be. Mm -hmm. Well, when you open the refrigerator yesterday morning, it was put together a certain way. Now today, it's put together the same way because you finally got everything figured out and put back in the same spot. And god is the same yesterday as he is this morning and as he is tomorrow and everywhere every direction on the timeline god is the same yesterday today and tomorrow that's what scripture tells us and all of his promises are answered not a single one of his promises has gone by the wayside ever he doesn't break them and so it's God's steadfastness, his continuity, his character, his... I'm losing my words here, but I heard a song this morning that God is more reliable than the rising sun. And it's something I know, but it's something you don't think of. You don't think to put things into words like that, which is why I love music and why I love poetry, is because somebody who has a different perspective on things looked at that and said, the sun rises every day the same exact way every day. Sometimes there's clouds, sometimes there's not, but the sun rises the same every day. And God is more consistent than that. I have an almanac on my phone that tells me what time the sun is going to rise and I can go out three, four, five years and it will tell me what time the sun is going to rise on a specific day and God is more consistent than that. So why can we believe? How can we believe? It's because that's our God. Because it's true. It's true. It's true. He's consistent. He is stead fast he is sturdy he is reliable and he's going to do what he says he's going to do makes him the god of absolutes yes it does it also makes him the god of standards yes it does and god says when you do something in my name you do it how decently and in order mm -hmm. god of standards yep let's get back to belief dustin you want to read this statement on belief and we can kick that one around sure so in our verse it says if you believe then it will be given to you and so what is this belief why is it required for an answer 
And if you don't believe, why should you expect God to believe you? You know, I was told, if you don't want to be disappointed, don't ask God for anything. What is wrong with this idea? Is God reliable or are we reliable? Um, well, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. You know, as far as the reliability, we just actually literally just went through that. Um, so why is belief required for an answer? Why is belief? Because you have to acknowledge that God wants to give you an answer. Right. That God has the authority and the power to give you an answer. It goes back to that glory thing, right? Yes. Who's, who is receiving the glory and who is being worshipped in this prayer? If I am praying for something, believing that I can do it of my own power, and not really believing that God's going to do it for me, if it happens... Who gets the credit? I'm going to give credit to myself and not God. So, absolutely. If I don't believe that God is going to answer it, and I believe it's something that I can do myself, and I'm praying for it to be done, God's probably not going to do it. And so I'm just... I have to believe... I have you, to believe that God's going to supply the answer. You just coupled prayer with worship. I did. How did you couple prayer as worship? Well, it's really easy. Well, let's hear it. A lot of people think this prayer is distinctively different than worship. I disagree 1,000%. Good. Now you have to explain yourself. <laughs> Break down the word worship. Break down the word worship. Right. I love words. I love language. It's one of my nerd things. Um, and when I was going through college in my studies, we I actually had a class on worship. And one of the first things we did was look at the word worship and what does it mean? Where does it come from? Why do we have this word? And it literally comes from ship the worth. Where do you place the value? Are you shipping the worth? Are you placing the value on God or on yourself? On, our, on yourself, or onto things? If I am worshiping God, I am placing all of the value, all of the glory, onto Him. He's responsible for all of it. And if I'm worshiping myself. I'm going to be responsible for it, and I get the attaboy when it's done. So what's prayer? If you're talking about a worth ship or a ship of worth, what is prayer? Prayer is asking for God to do something and giving him the glory before it's even done. Who controls the worship? I do. You're not the captain of the ship. But I control where my where I place my value. You mean what I, you put, I can, you mean I like can, what cargo you put in it? I can control 
where my ship goes. As captain of my ship, I can control where my ship goes. And if I am directing it back at myself, then I end up hitting a rock, right? The lighthouse has gone dim. Sounds like you need an admiral. I captain's, captain's not good enough. No, <laughs> captain's not good enough. But if I'm, but if I'm shipping the worth to God, which is directed by the Holy Spirit, right? The, mm -hmm. you know, even the captain answers to the head of the shipping company. So if it's going where it's supposed to go, then it gets where it needs to be. If it goes somewhere else, now I'm a pirate, in a sense. Um, but I do have control over how I distribute the value for the things in my life and where I place my gratitude, really, in a lot of ways. So do you pray a prayer of gratitude? Yes. That's called Thanksgiving? Yes. How often do we start our prayer thanking God? Uh, I do a lot, actually. Okay. How often do we start our prayer praising God? Fairly frequently for me. Good. Um, so you have your priorities. You have your steps in order. Right. And when it comes to sort of bring that all back into that belief portion, if we ship that worship, if we thank God, and this is this is part of it. I mean, in our in our verse from Mark, it says, believe that you have received it. So, really, there's a context with that. And um, so I'm going to read from... I'm going to read from this here, um, a commentary... It says, this expression reflects Semitic thought in which certainty of a future act based on the trustworthiness of God can be referred to in the past tense. So I am praying and asking for God, believing that I have already received it. So I can give thanksgiving to God for that which has not yet been done, believing that I have already received it. And if I'm in his will, it will happen. Now, I might not be fully inside of God's will. I might be praying for a healing that isn't going to happen. I've got half of a pinky finger. I have prayed for it to be restored. And... I have really wanted to believe, and I do believe that God could fix that finger. He could restore that half of a finger. It'll happen someday. It, it'll probably happen at the resurrection when I get my glorified body, right? But if God wanted to, right now, stretch out that finger, he could. But that has to be part of his will for my life. Now, I believe that he could do it. I don't know if that's his will for me. Do you, thinking trust, it's do you, probably do you not. trust that he could do it? I do trust that he could do it. So is God trustworthy? Absolutely. And I give thanks to God for healing the finger, even though it hasn't been healed yet. If I say the word entrust, yes. 
What does that word mean? To entrust. To entrust? Not to en yeah, to entrust. To entrust. That. I'm, I'm going to go back to our, our shipping okay, that's analogy. Why I all right? It. All right? Because when I ship something, I am entrusting it to somebody else to get it to where it needs to be. Why would you give it to that somebody else? Why that person? Because that's the delivery person. That's the, that's the person for shipping it. How reliable has that person? Well, in the case of worship and of thanksgiving to God, that you're really entrusting it to the Holy Spirit and to God. Right? He, and he can be trusted, right? He can be. A thousand yeah. percent he can be and trusted. Why, why, can, why do you know that he can be trusted? Because every promise that he's ever made has been kept. I would say he has pretty good reliability, pretty good track record then. Yes. He has a indelible track record. So why is it that man tries everything other than what has been proven trustworthy? They're weak spiritually. We haven't been bench pressing. We haven't been stretching. We've been okay with what we have. If I entrusted something to you. Yes. Why would I do that? Because you believe. Believe. That I will get it where it needs to be. You'll get it where it needs to be. And right. you also have what? To stand upon. I have a track record. You have a track record of delivering. Yep. Well, guess what? We pray to God because he's believable. Oh, absolutely. He's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. He has a record of fulfilling his promises. He does. If you believe in anything else, the man says, believe in this or believe in that. How long can you entrust what you've given to those people to still be working on your behalf. Most of them, only so far as you can see them. Until it changes. Right. Until it changes, okay? And what does God say about himself? He never changes. He never changes. Same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Right. Yep. Have you ever heard about banks going insolvent? That's a big word, that insolvent. That just means that the bank goes under and they can no longer, um, they no longer have the funds to back the deposits that have been made. A lot of banks have their name. In fact, there's a couple, one here in town that's called a bank and trust. Yes. But if it goes bankrupt, what happens to their trust? It dissolves. So the thing is, is, is that the best effort that man makes, and he puts a sign up, you can trust me, yep. bank and trust, mm -hmm. that won't last forever. It will not last forever. But the God we have, how long does he last? Forever and forever ever. Forever and ever. He's been there since before the beginning, and he will be there after the end. So who are you going to bank with? God. Um. So we've talked about things. Mm -hmm. We've talked about believe. Mm -hmm. We left one out. 
Well, what, did you, what one did we leave out? When. When? Okay, when? When you pray. Oh, when do we pray? No, 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 no. Oh, when does God answer prayer? Or when mm. or is he going to answer prayer? I think it's I think the when is the when we pray. That's how our verse starts out. When you pray. So that's not a specific time? Well I think it's directive. Okay. I read that as directive because it's not if you pray or should you pray. Or, you know, someday you might pray. It's, no, no, when you pray. And when do I pray? If Well, if I... Like right if, now. If, if I understand Paul <laughs> right rightly, now, then I'm praying all the time. I never stop praying. So when you pray. That doesn't mean that tomorrow morning I might. I might get up early tomorrow morning to pray. I might pray at dinner tonight. Was it okay for my wife to pray about refrigerator pots? Yes. It was, and it was right. That was outside it of her. Would, that was outside of her morning prayers. It was outside of yeah, her morning prayers. Yeah, she had to prayers. bother me in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but on a, you have written down here, and I really like it. I really, really like it. God gave you breath to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So talk to him now. There's no excuse. When God showed up in the morning to talk to Adam, mm -hmm. did Adam have the audacity to say, do you have an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Abraham. Or Abraham. Or Noah. Or Noah. Or Elijah. Or when he wrestled with Jacob. Right. Jacob didn't say, it's late. I'm tired. Come back in the morning so I can see you and it'll be a fair fight. No, it, it was he wrestled with him all night. God gave you breath to talk to him. Talk to him now. And I think we've taken away pretty much every excuse that anybody can have for not praying. If you fumble through it, that's okay. You're, st knows, you're starting with the bar. He knows your heart. You're starting with the bar. If you have to open up to the Lord's Prayer in your Bible, I believe it's Matthew chapter 6. Mm, verify you're, you're, that. You're right. Okay. Matthew 6. Open it up. Read it. Read it out loud. Follow the outline. Follow the outline. There are steps. There are steps. What do you there do about that thing about sinners? Sin and sinners. If so far, the prayer is okay until you get down to sin and sinners in the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Forgive me as I forgive them? Uh-huh. I think that might have to be a conversation for another day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes becomes the heavy stone the bush. It does. It does. Forgiveness is not easy, but... What do we do with it? We pray for it. Mm -hmm. Right? I have I have had people in my life that I've had to pray 
over and 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 over again because I'm supposed to forgive them. I'm called to forgive them. I'm told to forgive them. I want to forgive them, but every time I think of them, I get angry or Why? upset. Why do you get angry or upset? Well, because there has to be an offense of some kind. There, I, Yes, there is an offense. And when I think of them, sometimes I get angry. And when I get angry, I pray for forgiveness. And when I get hurt, when I feel hurt, I pray for forgiveness. And that's, I might have to do that the rest of my life with some people. And that's okay. Just so long as I pray for that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And thank God for giving me the forgiveness that he has given and will continue to give. And when, he forgives me. When God created us for his own good pleasure, mm -hmm. why do you think that God would take the time out of his, I would say, very busy day to come and walk in the cool of garden with a single man? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Because he loves us, and he calls us what? His own. Better than his own. Yeah, his own, but he gives us a title. Sons and daughters. Yep. And the thing is, is, is that he created us as sons and daughters because he wants to shower his love of fatherhood mm -hmm. upon us and for us to be able to know what kind of a father he is. Yes. And oftentimes, like children, we take things for granted because we don't value those things. Right. But if those things were taken away, what would you think about? If those things, like your breath, was taken away, you have a hard time breathing. And there are people even in this church who value their breath more than other people do because they don't have as much as they like to have. Right. It's very true. So the little things that we take for granted, we should be thankful for. Yes, we should. Praise, right. Praising for. All right, Steve. God gave us breath. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh, maybe there's somebody out there listening to us who is struggling to find words to pray. Would you close us out here today in prayer. Be happy to. Father God, we come unto you, praising you that you are our creator, that you created us out of love, that you still pour out your love upon us, so much so that you sent your only son to bear our offenses where we've offended you. And he took our punishment upon himself to make us right standing with you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are willing to come on your Father's behalf to us in order for us to be in right standing with your Father. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us of our sins and cleansing us of all of our unrighteousness and putting us into the family of God as your Father had desired. We pray for others right now, Lord, that who don't understand and don't really think much about prayer or don't pray much. 
that all they have to understand is one thing that God you hear their prayer and you're waiting for the one prayer which is the most important prayer I need you mm-hmm. show me how I can have you in Jesus name we pray this Amen Amen. thank you very much Steve you're welcome